Hey everyone, welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 2 Peter chapter 2. It reads, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what's going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked. For as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despising authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. Whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction. Suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing, they count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. Their blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions, while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed by the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to have never known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow after washing herself returns to wallow in the mire. As we're jumping in here to 2 Peter chapter 2, there are just some heavy truths explained in this passage. He just comes out guns a-blazing about the seriousness of these false prophets and false teachers that have existed previously, as well as will continue to be in the midst of those he's writing to. And so for today's nugget of truth, I'd like for us to focus on two facets of that, the presence of them and the reality When we think about the presence, I think it's important that he is explaining to them that these types of individuals will continue to be present in their midst. It's important to know that because it's one thing to learn from the past and be able to move past it. 
But this is being presented as what we would call a cyclical event, an event that is going to continue to be present. Because of the twisting and the wickedness of the ways of these individuals, they will continue to be present in these people's lives. No matter where they're at throughout all time, there will be individuals who are trying to lead astray the people of God, some by ignorance and some by willful desire. And so as we walk through that, it's important for us to, one, be discerning in what we are going to do, how we are going to follow people, how we're going to understand what is being taught, even things that are being taught in the name of the Lord. But in addition to the presence of these false teachers, we need to understand the reality of these false teachers. And the reality that's shown to us here is a very sobering reality. When we look at the different instances of the way in which God is judging the ungodly, the injustice, and the different groups of people who are responsible for those, we see several big concepts that are brought forward for us about the destruction, the condemnation, and ultimately the punishment of the wicked for what they're doing. And so as we walk through that in this passage, we have example after example of how God is judging the ungodly, how he is doing that with great extreme caution for the sake of the believers in the sake of those who are the righteous people found in these situations. And so he does that to preserve the righteous from the injustice and ungodliness that surrounds them. And so the reality is that these people who are present in these systems will receive judgment for that. And those who maintain righteous attitudes and maintain patterns of godliness and maintain opportunities to be set apart from those doing these things, they will receive an opportunity to be brought through that trial, to be brought through that situation, and to be protected from God in those opportunities. And so as we reflect on the false teaching around us, as we examine the reality of what will take place in these situations, when we recognize the presence of false teachers in our opportunities in our lives, we see the importance of us standing firm in our faith amidst the ungodliness around us, of us being discerning individuals who are walking forward daily in our disciplines with the Lord, who are growing in our love for him, and who are resolved to live according to the standards of God, despite whatever is going on around us. And so may that be the thought that we anchor our faith in today. As far as a question from this passage, the biggest question that comes up is actually one that uh, somebody even posed to me during our ASM time when we look at this concept of what we see displayed in verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, what in the world is happening here? So when we look back at the story of Noah, we can see that in the context of the great flood, there was this concept that the sons of God and the daughters of men were cohabiting and something took place and there was this people called the Nephilim. And then the next thing we know, we've moved into 
this opportunity that God is using Noah for in terms of preserving his creation while judging the wickedness of the rest of it. And so 2 Peter picks up on that. We'll also see facets of this in Jude, that there is this element of God judging the world but preserving the righteous through this midst. We get some details on what that looks like here in 2 Peter 2. So God judges the angels who have willfully sinned and he casts them into hell, essentially removing them from the created order and the opportunities that are there. It's interesting when we look into this, it talks about in other passages, even Jesus proclaiming liberty to the captives who were here in this situation. And so I think it's important that we see the totality of what's taking place, but also understand that there's elements of this where we're only getting glimpses of what is a part of God's total plan in creation. And so we trust that in these spaces that we don't have the knowledge, that that is nothing that is necessary for us for life and godliness. We're able to live according to God's standard with the details that we have, but it could be good and helpful for us to know some of these things. And so when we look into this, one of the best reasons that I've seen for what's taking place in this situation is you have these angels cohabiting with these humans in creating kind of this mixed breed of people. And so Jesus's sacrifice on the cross, the question then becomes, would it be efficacious for somebody in this mixed breed, this half angel, half human type person. And so I think that's well beyond my ability to think about what's taking place there. Uh, But I do know people that will talk about this similar thought in terms of what if there are aliens out there? Could aliens cohabit with people? And then eventually would Jesus's sacrifice be good enough for them because he was fully God and fully man. He was not fully God, fully man, fully angel, or fully God, fully man, fully alien, or any of those other things. And so we could conceptually walk down that path and it could be a fun and profitable conversation. But what we need to focus on on the fact of this passage and what's taking place is this is an example of God judging the godlessness and the unrighteousness of even the angels for what they are doing. So how much more will he continue to judge the ungodliness of man, especially the false teachers mentioned in our passage? So as we dive into that, it gives us greater clarity about what this passage is focused on, what Peter initially wanted our audience and ourselves to understand about why he's bringing it into this situation. And that helps us as we seek to grow in our ability to see what God desires us to do in our lives today. And so as you are committed to that task, there are many other things that you could look up in this passage, going back into the Old Testament to see the specifics of these things that he is drawing out or answering other questions that you have from this passage. As you do that, know that it is an opportunity for you to grow in your understanding and the mining that you do as you go through the text is very, very valuable to you finding the nuggets of gold that are hidden within the pages of the scripture for those who have eyes to see. And so may we all have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that desire to grow with the Lord each day. Know today you are loved. You're-